let me tell you what's about to happen to your brain. In a week or two, you're going to start seeing an influx of content hyping up Friendsgiving. This will inevitably prompt you to think about the people in your own life who you'd like to gather with. And as you settle into those thoughts, we're rolling into December, where the temperature drops, you gradually start to socially isolate from the world outside, your energy zaps, and your mood goes down. So now you're scrolling social media more than normal and are suddenly bombarded with posts of people who are celebrating the holidays with their friends, visiting long-distance friends, doing secret Santa with local friends, enjoying festivities with new friends, And now you are reflecting on the people in your life who you want to share special occasions with. Soon after that, we're edging into the gradual horizon of January 2023. This is where people begin shouting mantras of new year, new me, and a part of being a new you is evaluating who is in your circle. You start to take inventory of your friends, who's in your life, and are these relationships that you want to carry into a brand new year? How do you position yourself to invite new connections into your life? Because this year, this year will be different. You can go through this season alone and do the dance that you normally do each holiday season. Or you can finally invest in getting the support that you really need. The second cohort of my group coaching program, Friendship Elevated, kicks off really soon. Where I'm spending 16 weeks. I've doubled the time. 16 weeks with women who are intentional about friendship. They'll get access to curriculum that I have not shared publicly. We'll journey together through the five stages of adult friendships as I've identified them. And there will also be personal bi-weekly coaching sessions with yours truly, along with exclusive intimate circle of other ladies who share your same value of connections. I would love to work with you. You can learn more information at betterfemalefriendships.com membership. I hope to see you over there. Surely you've heard of women who describe themselves as high achievers, and typically these women have the kind of traits that we all aspire to have. They're go-getters, they may have a lot of social connections, they're likely what most would consider to be successful. This surprisingly describes a lot of my clientele. But I've noticed that this kind of woman, while she looks like she has it together on the outside, struggles with female friendships in one very specific and unique way. To help us understand exactly what this is, I'm calling in Vernique Esther, an Atlanta-based therapist who specializes in working with high-achieving women. And you'll hear why in just a moment. I'm also going to front load this this conversation, this episode, by telling you that our original conversation, uh, Vernique and I, it was twice as long. And I have reserved the full unedited version for the tier two members of our group chat. So I'm just letting you know that right now. You can join at betterfemalefriendships.com slash group chat to get access to that. But for now, if you enjoy setting goals, conquering, you're the type of person who's known for killing it at work and well, every other aspect of your life, I'm going to need you to slow down and listen closely to today's episode. Because the way that Bernique breaks this down is going to make you want to rethink everything. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, I got you. I'm your host, Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, speaker, and author. And when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding female friendship, I am here to help you through it. 
Okay, so I'm such a fan of your work on TikTok, and it resonates with me specifically because I identify as a high-achieving woman, and I can tell by the comments of your videos that other women feel the same way. So could you start by telling me, how do you define a high-achieving woman? Yeah, so um, a lot of the times I think that this is something that we haven't had a term for until relatively recently. Um, A lot of millennials identify as this, which is, it makes a lot of sense because we were raised in the everyone is special, um, go to school, get a job, have a good life kind of culture, um, right? We were raised by, a lot of us were raised by baby boomers who um, they worked hard and things like that. And a lot of them had um, businesses and whatnot. And then now they wanted their children to have a level of success that they didn't have. So they really, really prioritized achievement for us. And so we we were one of the first generation that wanted um, more, that were taught to accomplish more than their parents, that were taught to really excel and reach for the stars, right? All that messaging that we heard um, in the 90s, late 80s. Um, but I, essentially, a high-achieving woman specifically, um, they are your go-getters. They're your women who are going to get things done. They prioritize their career accomplishments. This is a key thing. They they I excuse me, they prioritize their career accomplishments above most other things, even if slightly. So a lot of the times they don't feel um, like themselves. And I know we're going to get to this, but if their career or whatever pathway they've chosen for their life, um, it's going to impact how they feel about themselves. Um, And then essentially like their leaders in their industries, communities, if they go to church, right, they hold certain positions. They're usually mentors. And even whether they're um, like these key people in their family or not, they're also looked at and they're like the ones in their family where, you know, oh, we don't have to worry about Susan. She's going to be okay. Right. Um, And so this leads to a lot of other things later on down the line. But the trajectory towards high achievement, especially in women, especially in black women, and I know that you have a diverse audience, but specifically in black women, it starts way before adulthood. Right. The trajectory of it starts where um, a lot of them were either parentified, meaning that they held like parent like positions in their family if they were the oldest or only child. Um, or they were in high demand or high expectation households where behavior was prioritized over identity. Um, and their gifts were also magnified. So this is your gifted and talented honors, APIB, you know, all of those types of things. These are the kids that become high achieving women. This illustration, I know for me, it's like check, check, check. I also know that for, you know, women listening, uh, many of them are like, this is totally me to a T. So, you know, I have to think that um, I often say that whenever people uh, hear, oh, I hired a friendship coach. They might think, oh, you know, they might picture someone who is a socially anxious, socially awkward wallflower who's like not sure how to interact with people. And I always say that type of person is certainly on my roster. But I think people would be surprised to know that most of the women I work with are what I describe as high achieving, charismatic, fun loving, extroverted women who are trying to figure friendship out. Maybe they are, um, they attract a lot of other women, but when it comes to finding satisfaction and a genuine friendship with another person, they're having some 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 issues. So, so let me ask you here, you gave us this robust kind of illustration of, of who this woman is. Let's start with what are the advantages? I mean, I think we could pinpoint them kind of easily, but what are some of the advantages of a woman with this kind of, of spirit and motivation? 
Yeah. So they're likely the most dependable people that you know. They're going to make sure that everybody has what they what they need, right? Which kind of comes from that parentified aspect. They're used to anticipating needs. They're used to showing up for people, like I said, getting the job done. They may not be um, the person that is like the most emotionally reliable, but they are dependable. When you have a need, when you have something going on that you need somebody to show up for, um, they're going to show up and get it done, right? They're planners. This obviously allows them to work well in high um, stakes, high risk or high pressure environments, right? These are your, yes, I work well under pressure women. Um, and they're also highly responsible, right? So a lot of the times if something is going hayward, whether it's in their own lives or in the lives of those that they love, they're going to make sure that, you know, they're following through with their responsibilities. Um, it really, really hurts them to not be in a position of responsibility, right? When things kind of start, uh, maybe things are just out of their control, but they really try to make sure to get things right. So, you know, these are the types of people that that um, they have really good intentions a lot of the time on average, right? They have really good intentions and you can count on them to get the job done. Mm. So, you know, this sounds like something to aspire to, you know, the way you describe mm -hmm. it. What are the downsides of, of being motivated by achievement? Yeah, when you're motivated by achievement, again, a lot of people aspire to these types of women. And I will also say, like, this is, I happen to work with a demographic that I identify with because I know the downfalls and the pitfalls of this um, very well. But these women, um, the issue is when they don't achieve, because the fact of the matter is we don't always get things right all the time. Right. And so this is going to hit them harder than the average person. Right. And average is not, by the way, a negative connotation. Right. It's not ne like average is good. Um, but these are the kids who uh, everybody got A's, they got a B or a C and they're crying. This same concept, the same um, instance, when you apply it in the real world where there's no A, B's and C's, if they feel slightly like you even thought, especially at work, if they feel reprimanded in any way or corrected in any way, they feel like failures. Like the totality of who they are is wrapped up in the, the work that they do and how well they do it. And so you find that a lot of these women work under an extreme level of anxiety. So as a therapist, the pathology that I see oftentimes is depression, anxiety, um, or just indicators therein. So uh, perfectionism, um, not feeling good unless they accomplish a project, not celebrating their wins, going from one one project, task, whatever, to another without stopping because they're constantly trying to reaffirm the fact that they are good enough by what they can achieve. And so this kind of creates this consistent, never-ending feedback loop um, of trying to validate yourself through achievement. And the thing about it is it never is fulfilling. So you find that your achievements don't make you feel better about who you are because who you are is an intrinsic thing and not something that's given to you. And so a lot of these women enter into identity crises in their mid-20s um, because they wonder, what the heck am I doing? And am I doing it right? And what does it all mean? Right. And so this is kind of where the downfall comes in is when your accomplishments um, to you is so highly valued that it, it feels like whether wherever you are on your accomplishment scale it's going to dictate how you feel about yourself. And that's a really unhealthy place to be. Oh my God. Okay. We need to talk offline. Cause I'm like, oh my God. 
<laughs> it's so good. And I, and I know some women are, are probably feeling called out as they listen. So, you know, I, you know, here we talk about female friendship. We're talking about friendship specifically, but because I work with the, the exact kind of clientele that you described, mm-hmm. their friendship issues, you know, a lot of friendship issues are, are simply universal across the board, but theirs look a little different. What are some things that you've noticed about high achieving and how uh, high achieving women and how they, how they approach friendships or relationships? Um, what have, what have been your observations and experiences with your clients? Yeah. So a majority of the people that I work with are between the ages of 25 to 34. And so what I'm seeing in this age group, a lot of the times is highly, they're really, really trying to evaluate the friendships that they have because they're wondering how they're supposed to navigate in them, in them, or um, they're struggling to make friends to begin with. So yes, you're absolutely correct that these women are often um, charismatic, they're fun, like people aspire to be them, but they struggle to connect with um, others, other women sometimes, because they're not sure where they fit in their lives. Again, when we're going back to this idea of identity, when your identity is wrapped up in other things, women, this is something that I actually got from your podcast, by the way, um, you talked about how, uh, actually, or it was a TikTok, one or the other, either way you said it. And you were talking about how when um, women desire to um, like level, level the playing field. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to compliments, right? Uh, you, oh, girl, you look cute. Like, oh, no, 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 girl. Like, no, this dress is messed up. Like this and that. No, you look cute, right? So we do that whole thing because we're trying to level the playing field. Well, high achieving women already feel isolated. They already feel like the playing field is not, sometimes it can come with a bit of pride, right? But sometimes it's, I don't feel good enough about myself. And so when it comes to social situations, they don't know how to place themselves as who they are instead of what they're doing. And people don't want to connect with what you're doing. They want to connect with who you are. So when they feel like they cannot um, bring to the table the same caliber of things that maybe somebody who they desire to be friends with, it completely knocks them out of the game, even if they are at the same tier, at the same level as them. The other, the flip side to that though, is they feel like nobody will understand them. Nobody will understand the pressure that they're under um, because even unfortunately, some of these women, the friends that they had in high school or um, in other phases of their life, they've kind of outgrown them. And so they've developed this idea that um, a lot of people are not going to be willing to ride that ride with them or they they don't understand the pressures that they're under. Whether or not the pressure is real, um, imagined or pressure that they've, they've unduly placed on themselves. Right. But they feel this level of pressure. They think nobody else can understand. And so they, they naturally kind of isolate and find it hard to connect with women unless there is, unless they can connect with them on that level of, um, accomplishment. Does that make sense? (laughs) Um, does that make sense? Or are you pretty much reading my diary (laughs) out loud? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, so, okay. So I'm making some connections. I'm learning a lot from you right now. I'm making some connections between, uh, because, um, I do have a lot of entrepreneurs who come to me. They are go-getters, smart, mm-hmm. sharp women. And as you're speaking, I'm kind of making some connections between, you know, a lot of them say, oh, I'm at all the network events. I do all the things, you know, mm-hmm. trust me, I'm out there. I'm social. But, you know, recently I, I spoke with a woman who was a, uh, I think relatively well-known coach in her particular area. And I did have a moment when I saw her sign up, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's really great. Why, like, why would she need my help? But sure enough, it's because whenever she is in those social situations, she defaults to talking about what she does and all she's accomplished. And, you know, 
coaching the person she's talking to. Yeah. And they're just, they're just speaking, like you said, they're just revealing who they are and trying to connect right. on a more personal level. But she defaults to what she does. And so people walk away maybe thinking, okay, I'm impressed, but mm-hmm. I don't know who you are. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't connect with you personally. So I'm kind of having some light bulbs kind of go off right now as you're speaking, because it does seem to serve as the root of uh, multiple sessions I've had with this type of woman is, yes, I have a lot of social connections. Yes, if a, if a person just looked at my Instagram, they'd like all my pictures of me being social, but do I feel known in these spaces? Do I feel seen in these spaces? The answer would be no. Correct. Yeah. And it's because they haven't, ooh, they haven't allowed their true self to come to the forefront, not even to themselves though, right? It's really hard to give something. It's really hard to give somebody something that you yourself have not first partaken in, right? So this is where identity, I keep going back to this word because it's so important. Reestablishing your identity as a high achieving woman um, is going to be paramount. First of all, we keep using this phrase, but the first thing would be, who am I when I'm not achieving? Like what happens when we take the high achieving label off of you and you're just woman, right? What are you? What do you like to do? What matters to you? What makes your heart bleed? What makes you cry? What makes you happy? These are the ways that you connect with people, not through your achievements. And this is why I said probably in that video you saw is that it's not the flex that you think it is. Mm-hmm. Because we, okay, we did it. And not only, one of the the things, by the way, just a quick aside, growing up, um, that really hurt my feeling as somebody who was raised to be high achieving was that other people were just as good as me, if not sometimes better. That crushed me because I always wanted to be the best. I always wanted to be the first. I wanted to be the most seen, the most heard, the whatever, right? But realizing like the reality as a woman is there are other people who can accomplish the same things that you can accomplish. Do you want to be the most accomplished or do you want to be the most loved, the most known, right? In the ways that matter to you. And so sometimes we hold on to that label because we think that's all we have. And because we think that, our again, our identity is wrapped up in that. But the goal here is for you to find your identity outside of what you do. And that is how you'll be able to connect with people. But if you haven't first been able to see who you are and seen your value outside of all of the accolades that you have, you're never going to be able to give that to other people or what you do give to other people will be surfaced. And you'll find that you have a friend group full of mentees instead of people that you actually can come to with your heart's desires, your pains, your woes, your joys, et cetera. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> come on, some. bring her some water because you're preaching. Honestly, this is, it's so it's so good. I mean, you're, you're helping me make connections. I know in this uh, situation with the client who I just, you know, spoke about who's a coach. And so she's always quote unquote on when she's meeting people, she's performing. She's talking about all her accomplishments and all those things. We did go into an exercise where I had her list, you know, I am blank several times. And you're absolutely right because of the things that she listed about her identity, most of them were something that had to do with with conquering or or doing as opposed to what you just so beautifully described of what do you enjoy, what excites you, what you know hurts you. What are all those other aspects of your identity? And as you share that, I'm thinking now, you know, through this discussion with her in the session, you know, she was struggling to kind of fill that out apart from her accomplishments. And then I said, you know, well, what are you doing to cater to those things? Where do you doing to fulfill the fact that you like to paint and there's no reward for painting. And it came out that it's like, yeah, maybe I should nurture that, but there's no time for that. Or, you know, I don't value that because, you know, 
if I'm prioritizing with my time the things that make me money, the things that advance my career, then I'll see it as frivolous to spend yeah. time on something like just chatting with my friend for an hour in the living room, period. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I've got other things I could be conquering right now. So a lot of the time that trauma to accomplish because um, you see these other activities as frivolous is not so much just because you like to accomplish, but because there's something in your past that you're trying to undo through your doing. There's something that you've experienced that you are trying to avoid, whether it's um, you saw your mom work three jobs and, and you don't ever want to have to be in that position, but you're working the same amount of time as somebody who works three jobs, right? Um, whether you saw your uh, uh, your mom again, like be at the mercy of a, of a man, of a husband, and then when they divorced, they were impoverished. Or whether you saw other people in your family who were um, single parents and you wanted to make sure that you know your kids are going to be okay, whatever that drive is it's running program in the back of your mind, right? Kind of like an app that you leave on that's draining your battery. It is pushing your motivation. It is causing you to do that. So essentially like achievement can be a trauma response. Then on the flip side, you have people um, who accomplish Again, like I said before, as far as like identity, because they that's what they were taught to do. They were taught that our family, you know, the Johnsons, we get things done. The Johnsons, you know, we, we're, we're the best of the best. We're the top of the class. And so they never got a chance to develop their identity within their family or to be nurtured as a person, but rather as a machine. Right. As some as something that is wired for production. And when you're not producing, then you feel anxious, you feel worthless, you feel unloved, you feel unlovable. OK. <laughs> I'm going to let that simmer. Um, that is just so powerful. Uh, that's so powerful. Um, I'm making some personal connections here. I, you know, haven't shared this publicly cause I'm like, maybe this should be like a behind the scenes story. Um, but you know, I recently just turned in my manuscript for my book. I'm all excited about it. And, um, when I was kind of in the beginning stages of writing it, I hired a writing coach. I thought, well, gosh, this is a really big thing. I just want to make sure a professional agrees that I can do this. And so we had a 30-minute session. And um, she, in the first five minutes, she said, okay, I want you to just write something. So I'm getting annoyed, right? Because I'm like, okay, I paid money for 30 minutes. What is your advice for the woman who's listening right now? And she's like, wow, this is this is totally me. You're describing, I want to lean into my identity outside of of achievement how does one begin to do that you're not just going to networking events to make business connections how about you go to like you know find a meetup near you join a softball team join a kickball team whatever so that way you're doing things and connecting with people on the basis of desire and not responsibility right not mm. accomplishment you're just connecting with people. So fine. Stop making so many. I'm, I'm telling you, and I, a lot of my friends are also high achievers or business owners, whatever. But we really hold ourselves accountable to this of like, hey, did you rest? You know, like, did you, you know, whatever. But I would recommend for somebody who has, you know, who's like at net zero friends or very few friends or they don't have the type of quality friends that they they desire. Stop just going to networking events. Stop going to the boss chick, boss babe conferences. Actually go somewhere that's just for people to connect, like go to a bar and talk to the other women there. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. do things that are social as opposed to having a means to an end. As your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely to my high achieving friends. Spend some time thinking about who you are outside of the things you've accomplished 
And then ask yourself if you're occupying spaces that allow you to nurture those aspects of your identity. I also want you to think about the ways that your go-getter, never slow down, I'm self-sufficient attitude has impacted your friendships. Are you satisfied? Do you feel alone? Disconnected? Burned out? Do you often feel like your friends can't relate? Because this might be why. So I want you to perhaps dedicate some time to journaling about that today. Just reflecting on that and see what comes up. I think you and your friendships will be better for it. And until we chat again, you know that I will be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time. 